0: Well, welcome in on a Monday morning. It is 6:10 on April 18th, 2022 right now in the capital city. We've got 36 degrees and hey. Oh, cool some wind. Oh, that's that's fun. Yeah. And uh we're going to see more of it here for the uh for the next few days. It's uh boy, it's just the windy spring that will not end and uh whew. Gus in the 30s today, closer to the 40s tomorrow with the uh, with the wind gusts. Kind of looking ahead, uh, back near the 30s on Wednesday. Wind gusts a little bit lower on uh, on Thursday and back higher Friday, Saturday. So it's not going anywhere. That that's not going anywhere. Temperatures will go up though uh, over the course of this week and we'll be flirting with 90 by the end uh, of it. But, uh, yeah, uh, a little more of the same from what we've had here this spring so far. Uh, good morning, Mark Vale. Mark behind the board today. As we're uh,
1: flying this airplane. We're
0: giving Caleb a uh, day off. He will be back tomorrow. But uh, Caleb and a much-deserved day off here he's going to take up the next couple of mondays off so there's something in this weather forecast that i think you kind of missed a little bit Did i what did i miss
1: tuesday night into wednesday and then thursday night into friday we're showing the possibility of precip
0: ah that'd be nice that would be no- although a different precip than i experienced yesterday oh the flurries that were here coming back yeah so i was in i was visiting the in-laws in the des moines area and we drove back on Easter Sunday from Des Moines to Lincoln in the middle of the afternoon. Through, I mean, I would say moderate snow and surprisingly low visibility. <laughs> it was, it was not the greatest. Uh, it was kind of a winter travel. Now, none of it was really sticking on the the street or the ground, but th- it snowed pretty straight there from about ten thirty a.m. until until we left at two two or two thirty there and continued the entire way we had to get to about Walnut, Iowa before the snow actually uh stopped falling. Wow. So yeah.
1: Did was there much accumulation? No,
0: there, like I said, it was basically the none of it stuck. I think the, the streets and the the ground were, I mean, you had it on the trees and and stuff, but I think the streets and the ground were still too warm from some of the previous warm days that they had had there. Uh, but we did make it back safely. Hopefully, everybody else had a uh, safe and happy Easter uh, together with uh, family or however you you chose to celebrate. A lot of a lot of people went to had a chance to go to church for the first time. Yes, um, on Easter at least. I read a lot about different churches who were doing that. And ours ours was. Pretty full, yeah. I think got. a lot of people decided they wanted to go. That was was the same thing. We went to my uh, brother and sister's uh, in law's church in in Des Moines, uh, in the Des Moines area, and they go, they go to one of those big, big ones, and they had to. I mean, if you showed up on time, you didn't have a seat. You had to go to the old overflow room in the in the atrium and watch the whole thing on TV. So a lot of people churching it up on Sunday, apparently. Yep. They're getting back at it. Yep, absolutely. So uh, we have a good show for you today to kick off your week on a Monday morning. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Liz Shay McCoy and uh, former Adjutant General Roger Lemke. They're uh, strong behind this effort. Trying to raise the funds to move the Pershing mural to the Lancaster event Center they're going to give us an update on that. I had a chance to talk to the mayor a little bit about that last week, and so we'll find out if they're on track to be able to do this. The clock is ticking on it they've got to raise multiple million dollars to actually make this happen. take the whole thing down reconstruct it back at the event center. And so they're going to give us an update on that at 710 today. Tim Haruza is going to join us today at 810 to talk Nebraska news and politics. Of course, tons happening in that world. Well, and a brand new poll I saw a Nebraska examiner, so they apparently got their hands on a poll that was commissioned by the Lindstrom people, from from yeah, what I understand
1: that's, it. That's according to the story, right? Yeah, according but to the story. A it, lot closer race than I think a lot of us thought.
0: So the, the numbers that they had were a dead heat at the very top between, can you guess the two? No, g- you can't. G- you might not be able between, remember, it was a Lindstrom poll, uh, but it was and,
1: between... And, and prior to the, the situation with Charles That's Erfner. also
0: one thing I didn't realize till so I got to the end of the article, but it's got Lindstrom and Pillon at the top. Um, in the twenties, upper uh, upper 20%, and then I believe it was 4% behind was Herbster in that third. And then, uh, Teresa Thibodeau at 6%. And as you mentioned, I, I read the whole thing, assuming that was after all of the news, uh, or lack of news, or however you look at it regarding the uh the the herbster thing had broken but this actually got taken before that so this would not factor in whatever impact that has on the poll and the you know looking a little bit deeper into it there are still a decent number of people who seem to be undecided on this thing and you know that was one of the reasons why i i i wondered you know there were a lot of people who said well this herbster thing isn't going to impact the race because people who support him are going to support him regardless of of what happens but i think my one of my larger points was yeah but i don't know that i think there's a lot of people who are not like dyed to the wool herbster people pillin people Lindstrom people but they are going to vote for a republican but they still don't know for sure which one those are probably the ones that could potentially be most impacted by what happened last week with this whole race. Well, there's no doubt in
1: my mind that Herbster is going to fight these charges tooth and nail right on through. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Um, I had a, a brief uh, chat with him on th- Friday afternoon, and he told me straight up, he said, "This, I, I am not guilty of what's been charged, and I'm in this thing to win. Yeah. So.
0: yeah. So what, any sense that we had right after this all happened— that this was going to be uh, foreshadowing the end of his campaign uh not anymore that that is not a thought that's out there right now, and uh, now we you know now we kind of wait and see uh, what the what the political fallout how this impacts the messaging from all the campaigns this week uh is there going to be a lawsuit that is going to be uh, I would think they're going to bring out this lawsuit during the election cycle here uh, three weeks from tomorrow. Is that what it is? The 10th, right? Yeah. Three weeks from, uh, three weeks from tomorrow, we actually vote on this whole thing. So three more weeks left. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, we'll talk about that. Of course, with Tim, we'll talk about that throughout the course of the week, but yeah, this is going to be, you know, echoes a little bit of, of, from a gubernatorial primary perspective, and of course, Republicans have held the the executive, the top executive, off in the office in the state for a long time since Ben Nelson. But you haven't had this kind of drama in and unknown result this close out from the election. Really, like I said, since since Heineman Osborne in in two thousand six. So I believe that was two thousand six. That would have been, if I have my my dates right on that, we're talking about seventeen years ago since you had something like this and uh, 16 years ago and we're going to go in i mean at this point barring something substantial changing and sure you'll probably have some additional polling but it looks very very possible that we're going to go into our coverage tuesday night mark with on us, this yeah. with the potential of one of any three candidates being the one that comes out of the night with the big prize, and we'll be watching those returns very closely. And so, yeah, unless something major happens
1: in the next two and a half weeks, <laughs> right. and we had I, something I, I, major happen last yeah, week, but like, I mean, yeah. something new major, on that, or, yeah. yeah, and or uh, the next step. Or,
0: but I don't think you're going to go in. Uh, yeah, I think there's a good chance you're going to go in where all three of them, any of the three of them, could be the name. You know, it's believably true that any of the three of them could be the winner going into the night.
1: Absolutely. As as it stands right here, right now.
0: Yeah. So we will, and uh, by the way, just a heads up, we will be doing live coverage on the night of the 10th. We will go live with coverage when the polls close, when the first results are out. We'll have those for you right away. We'll have analysis for you um we'll be watching all those in addition to the legislative races and and all the other things that'll be up for uh for vote along with that um anything else pop, uh, stick out to you news here well, for the weekend
1: yeah, well uh, today actually uh probably the biggest thing that 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 i'm always talking about we wouldn't have to deal with today if we had the fair tax yes but it's tax day
0: ah yes and it's uh, tax day and for the second year in a row probably more than i should share or or need to share, but I'm going to anyway because I'm I'm frustrated with it. So I do my own taxes, which I may not do for much longer. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I may not I may I may be missing some things that could help me significantly after I look at look at that little number on the corner continue uh-huh. to go up. I'm like, come on, mm, yeah, come on. But nonetheless, we've we've had this thing where our uh, for the last two years. When we submit it electronically, or we try to submit it electronically, the IRS says there's some somehow our names and social security numbers are not matching up with what they have on file, and and I mean we've double checked, we've submitted them for years before with with what's in there. It's not like we didn't forget to change my wife's name. Um, you know, we had done this several times after getting married, but for whatever reason, it 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 doesn't like them at this point, and so and this happened last year, and I' had completely forgotten about it going to this year, so trying to file them electrically electronically last week doesn't work doesn't work, doesn 't work and so today I will be uh, going like many other Americans to the post office with the large with the large envelopes sending sending a letter to Ogden, Utah. And wherever uh, the Department of the Treasury here for the state of Nebraska, getting the postage and sending them in, and probably hope, be a long line. In, make it there. I know. I, I yeah. I, hopefully the I'm going to try and find it a little time when that kiosk doesn't get uh, doesn't get too busy where I put it on the scale and and do those sorts of things. So. And of
1: course, you can always take it to your favorite grocery store.
0: Yeah, I guess I could do that. I could do that
1: as I, well. Now if they just put a postal uh, annex or something in a hardware store, we'd be in great shape. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: so Caleb could get his tax and yep. mail his taxes here in the same No, I always I always feel I could just put a bunch of stamps on it, but I mail things so infrequently that I, I have to, to get peace of mind I have to go to that kiosk and have the thing weighed and have it print off the exact The exact postage for it otherwise i i freak out that it's not actually going where it needs to be and the police are going to come and arrest me for non-payment of taxes um but but i already good news is you're okay fed i already sent in my payment to you i already sent i already did the i did the credit card i don't know if other people have done it this way but i I've done, I did the, you can pay it with the credit card and then you send it after the fact. And so you send in the return after that. You got the money. Why do you care? I mean, you got, you got my, did you have to pay the credit got card fee? On yes, that? and a credit card fee. That's why right, I just send a check. Yeah, I know, but I feel like when you're, when you're writing that bit, when you're, uh, paying that much, uh, might as well get, get me some miles there on the old credit card in case I That's can. That's true. Uh, d- d- done that. <laughs> did that enough year. did that enough years that we were able to, uh, Take our trip to Galveston. At least get our our lodging in Galveston almost free, based on all those large all the yeah, well, amounts of miles that the, we piled the up. The price up of years.
1: plane tickets is going up dramatically.
0: Oh, we're gonna have some of that on the uh, on the sound oh, off, but man. yeah, it is.
1: It's it's thirty cra- percent, and they're expecting another ten percent by June, yeah. and it's all related to fuel costs.
0: And you still have to wear your masks for two weeks, at least two more weeks on the planes. This was the day that it was supposed to end. For tra- uh, planes and buses and other public transport, you know this very well. Driving, uh, driving bus, but we got yep. a couple more weeks of that. I don't yep. even know where my masks are. If all of a sudden I, they were, they reinstate some kind of mask thing, I'm gonna have to go buy. I think we have some disposable ones. Still I've got some. Around. I'll sell you. Oh, good. Thanks. They're used, but you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you No, it doesn't no, really they're, not. they're not. All right, we will grab a break. I am going to be next with sports. Nebraska softball. I mean. It's it's time to say it. Nebraska softball is white hot. They already had a gaudy winning streak, but what they did yesterday was historic. We'll tell you about that, plus a whole lot more. So stick around. we got that coming up. Then checking check news. Sound off after that at 624. It's LNK Today. Jack and Mark on KLIN. Time for the sound off on LNK Today. 35 degrees in the capital city right now. Jack Mitchell, Mark Vale. Caleb Henry is off to Dale. Join us again here on uh, on Tuesday.
1: Carla James in the newsroom this morning. Yep. Chris Lofgren will be in with traffic shortly.
0: Yeah. He's, he's a new grandpa. Congratulations, Chris Lofgren, new grandpa. Saw some of the pictures over the last uh, last few days, so congrats to him. And uh, hopefully Caleb is sleeping in this morning. That's what he said he was going to yep. do. Uh, he'll be off the next two Mondays, I'm off the next two Thursdays, and then, uh, then we're all going to stick around for a while, I think. Well, I don't know about Mark, we're all going to stick around for... For a while you may have some trips or something scheduled we'll see uh, <laughs> no comment <laughs> <laughs> all right we got a lot on the sound off today okay guys the 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 decreases nationwide and i'm not doing, telling you this to freak out i'm not freaking out i'm just telling you to tell you the decreases nationwide week after week of covid cases are now ticking back up once again Again, I'm not telling you to freak out. I'm not telling you to do any any of that. Philadelphia, though,
1: puts an indoor mask mandate.
0: They had a mask mandate on. They had a mask mandate on. I'm hoping, listen, I am hoping this is a blip, hoping this doesn't change anything about the way that we are doing life right now because I'm rather enjoying it at this point, but I'm just passing along the news.
2: After falling for two months, COVID cases are climbing again. Experts don't expect the surge fueled by the subvariant BA2 to be as severe as the last one from Omicron, but say it will wash across the country. And that's a worry for hospitals, especially some in parts of the Northeast that are already seeing cases rise. And the case count is likely to be bigger than it looks because most people are either not testing or testing at home and not reporting infections. Carmen Roberts, Fox News.
0: Now, I mean, just to put it in context here, we are still, uh, even right now, and we'll see how we go up, but... We're not even close to like where we were. We remember, we had that little uptick last August, September. I mean, just still a fraction yeah, of before
1: was, we went to the big peak with the after Delta. Christmas. And that was the Delta, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh no, that
0: was Omicron. Yeah, Delta, Delta was, was the like, one in late summer, right? That little yeah. peak, and then the, then the Omicron was the big one in in after Christmas into into January. Um, it, you know, as of right now, it's not nothing like it'll, any it'll, of those. It'll stuff. be interesting to watch
1: it through the next two weeks with all of the easter gatherings whether there is any type of an uptick uh, with these That's spreading true. capabilities
0: but uh that was a good point though i i forget i, I don't even know where we have we got we got the at-home tests mailed to us when we were getting them for you know everybody was looking i was going store to store in january all over the place in lincoln trying to find some and it was hard to, but i finally did find some and now they're again the The market for these things is is so bizarre because we were look a few months ago. We were trying to find these anywhere. Now I've got some at home. I'm not sure where they are, <laughs> and I, I assume you could still you go I, to a, a drugstore and buy them off the shelf now pretty easily. Well oh, actually, I think you can go to the health department. I think they still have can them. Get them. You, you can get no. them for free. All right. Now, well, hopefully, they'll continue not to uh, not to use those. But nonetheless, just uh, just a little note there. By the way, they did approve late last week the first uh, breath test i okay. saw that they have a, a COVID I'm, breathalyzer yeah, test essentially it's like it's like big though I, it's, you have it, it's still uh, that fast yeah that'd be good yeah. i know those I, but i do kind of like the this is a dumb thing to say but I, the home ones makes me feel like a little bit of a chemist when i was taking those <laughs> back in january okay now we're gonna have the sample here and you know jam this up my nose and jack mitchell jd oh, rx yeah, exactly and, you know, not to jinx myself, I don't know how I could jinx myself, because I've said this time and time and time again, I somehow still haven't had this. <laughs> how, many, how many of us are out there that we still never want... You never got it, did you? No. And Caleb never got it. No, and he, and he thought he had it two, <laughs> he, three times. He thought he had it multiple times. I thought I had it a few times. My, I have people in my household who ended up getting it, but uh, uh, never did, so continue to knock on wood meanwhile they are talking about vaccines for younger 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 kids uh and this looks like it's going to be available here not too far from now
3: dr ashish Jha says when it comes to covid shots for children under five years of age the scientists at pfizer and moderna are compiling the data on that to give to the fda As for his guests on a timeline, he said on Fox News Sunday.
4: As soon as the FDA can get through the data, put together some sort of uh, an assessment, we will see this. My hope is it will be in the next couple of months. Dr. Jha
3: says the science showing that the shot will prevent severe illness in kids under five will be important. Gernal Scott, Fox News.
0: All right, so that may be something that's an option here in the coming weeks. I mentioned this at the outset today was supposed to be the day that the mask mandate for travel, for public transportation, so we're talking buses, we're talking airplanes, those sorts of things, was supposed to stop Last week, you probably remember the minute, middle of the week last week, federal government announced that they were going to tack on another couple of weeks to this. Is that going to be the end?
3: Now the mandate for travelers that was set to expire on April 18th will stay in place until at least May 3rd. Dr. Ashish Jha, the White House COVID response coordinator, said on Fox News Sunday that should be enough time to learn more about new cases.
4: Whether these cases are leading to severe disease, hospitalizations, and deaths. And I think 15 days is a pretty reasonable amount of time to to uh, Collect more data and make a more durable decision. Critics of the
3: extension say as states have rescinded mask mandates in restaurants and schools, it's time to ease them on public transportation as well. Colonel Scott, Fox News.
0: Yeah, I mean, what exactly is the is the thinking here, Mark? Because this is something that you come across in your in your side gig, and uh, I suppose the argument is that it's a confined space for a longer amount of time than. Most other situations, but
1: I think that that's probably the the argument they're using. But you know, to be real honest, the air circulation systems and and the air exchange in airplanes and even on motor coaches, buses. I don't know anything about trains, but I assume they're similar. Uh, make that somewhat of a non-issue. In oh, really? My, in my opinion, uh, well, interesting. Most airplanes, uh, you know, commercial aircraft, especially the jets, they exchange air every four to seven minutes. The entire really? the entire cabin air.
0: I didn't know that. That's interesting.
1: Um, so that that helps not only with the the dilution immediately of any virus, but eventually the elimination of it.
0: Who uh, well, I know in a plane that you know I know there have been all kinds of stories and and videos and stuff in planes where they're trying to enforce this thing. But you, you have to enforce this thing if you're driving a bus. I mean, yes. there's only so much you can do though. If, when once you're driving, you know.
1: Yeah, that's that's the reality of it.
0: Yeah, it's, oh. it's it's not like the old days riding the school bus when I could see the school bus driver's eyes in the rearview mirror. Quit horsing around back there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you, <laughs> when back when I was driving school bus, I I was very fortunate because the six or seven years that I drove, there was always a junior or senior girl on the bus, and I'd have a little chat with them at the beginning of the year. I said, "Why don't you just keep order?"
0: And boy, you know, you set uh, up your own government on the bus.
1: No, it, it was usually familial. Uh, oh, I like see, older sisters. But once an older sister smacked down her little brother, why everybody <laughs> everybody else kind
0: of took notice. You're and, smart. You're very smart with that. Uh, but meanwhile, you know, if if maybe it's not the masks on the planes that are keeping you from flying somewhere. I wanted to fly somewhere for spring break, and then I looked at the airfares, and I was like. Nope, we're doing a, we're doing a 16 hour, 17 hour. Family drive across the country. And even with the gas prices being like they are, it's going to be way cheaper than it would be to get our family on an airplane. Because as Mark mentioned outside, or excuse me earlier, those prices are sky high. No pun intended.
4: Airline ticket prices are sky high and they are only getting higher with spring break travel and a jump in the cost of jet fuel. We're looking at ticket prices that are 40% more expensive than January. Jet fuel is doing a lot to increase the cost of travel. It's currently up 40% from the beginning of the year, and estimates show that it will be up 76% this summer. Right now, domestic airfare will cost you an average of $330 per trip. Hopper was not expecting us to hit that number until June. Now they're saying expect a 10% increase to $360 this summer. We are already seeing a near 10-year high when it comes to ticket prices, but it is not slowing travelers down. In fact, travelers are outpacing
5: supply in some instances.
1: There's another factor that's uh, affecting this as well, and that is a shortage of crew members. Ah. JetBlue announced a week or so ago that they have cut 10% of their total schedule because of crew shortages, they wow. can't. They don't have pilots. So not only do you have fuel prices increase, you've got less seat miles scarcity.
0: Yeah, and and so there you go. You know, I don't know when the next time I'll get on a plane is. If if this is going up this summer, not that I necessarily plan to, but you know, occasionally you'll be like, oh yeah, here's a little thing we can get really cheap tickets to Chicago or or something like that. You would consider going, but it sounds like this summer is going to be even. Even worse now than some of the things that I looked Um, at for spring break.
1: Unless something big happens, either cut fuel prices or automatically have more crews. I
0: I was thinking it was interesting because we started looking for for spring break, and admittedly, we were doing it with not much time. I mean, it was a quick turnaround, so that impacts things. But I thought, I guess I had in my head, oh, well, travel is still probably down. People don't want to wear the masks, not that many So I thought we were going to get deals just the opposite just the opposite and i wasn't even trying to go to obscure places i'm trying to go omaha to houston or i looked at omaha or lincoln to to just primary primary hubs that where you could get a single flight on it and it was either just insane amount of money or the other thing that they have out there is that these like layovers that are like 16 hours and stuff (laughs) like that that you really don't want i was like i could drive there during the layover uh with that so nonetheless uh one thing though maybe that will make the experience a little better when they're wearing their masks and paying an arm and leg to get on the plane american was the last airline to do to provide uh, this service once again on their flights everyone else had done it except american but now bottoms up.
3: American Airlines is the last major U.S. carrier to bring back sales of beer, wine, and spirits to its domestic coach cabins starting today, the date the current federal mask mandate was supposed to expire until the Biden administration last week announced a 15-day extension. Airlines stopped selling alcohol and food on flights early in the pandemic, with flight attendant unions blaming drinking for contributing to disputes and unruly behavior over forced masking. American American is also bringing back buy-on-board a food service, which it says will start with flights longer than 1,500 miles. Jeff Manasso, Fox News.
0: I miss the days, Mark. The very first few times that I flew in my life, I flew on airlines that are now defunct. I was probably, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years old on Eastern and TWA. And you probably remember this better than I do, but I remember like you'd get the, the, like the TV tray meal, that everyone would get like that that does i don't think that happened maybe it happens on international flights i don't it know happens,
1: but it, it happens on international flights and in the uh, higher class business and oh do class. they yeah. but
0: yeah everybody on the whole plane got yep. a got a full even, meal. even on like not that long of flights but you got the, the full meal the TV tray, the entire thing, I was very excited. From excited, And then when I got off the pilot's there and he gave you a little pin, a little Eastern Airline pin, that was also very exciting. So oh, yeah, People sir. lighting up cigarettes everywhere. It was beautiful. It was amazing. Usually I'm the back uh, 15 rows. Yeah. Yep. Smoke, yeah. Smoking was in the back. It's sort of amazing. It's hard to even imagine that <laughs> right now. Uh, hey, don't forget, guys, we already talked about it at the beginning, but just uh, might want to set yourself an alarm on your phone or something that you don't forget it. It is tax day. Get those things postmarked or e-filed by the end of the day today. The
2: deadline to file your 2021 income tax report is three days later than the normal April 15th deadline. The IRS is prepared to receive tens of millions of last-minute filings. The National Society of Tax Professionals advises people who haven't finished their taxes by now they might be better off filing an extension.
0: Yeah. Uh and last year remember we got we all got the extension. They pushed it back to uh you know, to July, July, right? You're right. Last year, so I just uh let that it, thing it uh... did not push back
1: though if you owed. You still had to send your money in. Was that right? Year. You just okay. didn't have to file. All right.
0: Uh all right, what else do we have uh going on? Oh
1: wouldn't yeah. wouldn't be a problem if we had the fair tax.
0: Yeah, it's so uh, that's true. I'd love to get rid of uh, doing doing the actual taxes. Uh, So uh, evidently, the uh, Twitter, the people on the board of Twitter don't really want to sell to Elon Musk. So they're doing something. And it's been a while since I was studying corporations for the bar exam a long time ago. But maybe you wonder what it means when they keep talking about putting a poison pill through the corporate port so that Elon Musk can't buy Twitter and what that means exactly. Well, let's find out a little bit more about that. A
3: poison pill is a financial tactic used to block a potential takeover of a company. It often works by giving a board the ability to flood the market with shares making overall acquisition far more expensive. Last week, Elon Musk offered $43 billion to buy Twitter. He called it his final offer and his interest really drives from what he calls being a free speech absolutist who disagrees with decisions made by Twitter to knock certain people off the platform now he also has indicated that he has a plan b for taking ownership but that was before twitter's board voting to adopt the poison pill this tactic is not always deployed the same way in this case it expires next year and is triggered after one shareholder acquires more than 15 percent stake
0: Hmm. all right so (laughs) we'll see i mean the other question is how do you price elon musk out of something anything essentially he's the most difficult man in the world to price out of something well yeah
1: and if the offer is good enough shareholders are going to step in yeah uh, that, you're going to see some shareholder lawsuits <laughs> against the, the, uh, the board the will be
0: like hey we're, we're, we're cashing out
1: <laughs> where's your your fiduciary responsibility yeah there's that
0: there's that too. So we'll hold on before I completely close the book on that. Hey, if you're having uh, if you just fix yourself a big bowl of cereal this morning, and it's been a long time since I miss having a huge bowl of cereal every morning. Those are my teenage years, just about half a box of cereal every morning. And I never gained any weight. And it was amazing. Uh, read the sports page all the way through all the box scores. Those were the good old days. Now I just have a radio show, but, uh, If it's Lucky Charms this morning, which for me it was many, many times... Just be careful out there.
4: One popular cereal proving to be not so lucky in recent days. General Mills Lucky Charms, now being investigated by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration after dozens of customers complained of falling ill after eating it. Today, the FDA announced over 100 complaints related to Lucky Charms have been submitted so far this year. Several hundred others complained on a site called IwasPoison.com, complaining of symptoms like nausea and other stomach flu like symptoms. In a statement, General Mills says a company-backed investigation hasn't found any evidence that the cereal is linked to the illnesses and encourages consumers to report complaints directly to the company. Gianna Gelosi, Fox News. They, they don't
0: want you to go to IWasPoison.com? <laughs> uh, it, honestly, it, it's surprising, given what those, marshmallow quote, marshmallows and Lucky Charms are made of. It's kind of amazing this hasn't already happened, but... I made it through lots of boxes and they were magically delicious. I'm not going to lie. All right, it's 654.
1: Try that that in an Irish
0: bro. The magically delicious. How was that? Pretty good? That's good. I missed the day. Cap Crunch, just scraping up the top of your mouth. Oh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I could eat an entire family sized box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch right now. 654, it's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Of Lincoln, fourteen hundred and
4: KLIN. All
0: right, welcome back. Thirty five degrees on your Monday morning, seven oh nine, April eighteenth, twenty twenty two. Well, you know what? A few weeks ago on a Monday morning, I had uh, I had my friend Liz Shea McCoy in here, and it was uh, it was so enjoyable. I said, you know, well, you just come in every uh, three four weeks or so, and you know, be a regular Monday morning guest. And uh, and she. Uh, <laughs> She acquiesced. I mean, at least for one week. How are you doing, Liz? I'm
2: doing great. Good. I'm doing great. Good. You Thanks brought- for having me on along with I- my friend, Roger Lemson. Yeah, you brought a friend. And
0: Roger, great to talk to you. I mean... We used to we used to talk here fairly regularly back in the Adjutant General days here it on KLIN. Regular things. Great to
6: see you again. How you been? Well, I'm fine. Retired. A couple of great grandkids and great. A lot of, a lot of golf in Nebraska <laughs> and helping out Liz and things like that. So okay. it's been great.
0: Only play the holes that have the wind behind you in the spring of 2022. You bet. The, you. Oh, Liz, this is your next project here. But after you finish this mural thing, I have an idea. I want a golf course. I say this on the air. People are sick of it. But I think it's a great idea. Golf course on the south end of lincoln and a golf course on the north end of lincoln that only go one direction the, every hole and so you can always play with the wind behind your back we'd be the only city in america that and you could always set your personal best when personal best long drive roger would love it think, about it. think about it i would think about it not that you have anything to you know raise money or awareness for right now uh, but just <laughs> add it to your list if it had a little public art on it i might there we go if, okay we'll get some public art on every hole We'll do it. Joint venture. Me, you, Roger. We got it. All oh, right.
1: You're not going to get, let me out of this. Well, I, I, I'm going to have the charter bus to take you from the 18th old back to where your car is. The, yeah, the
0: that's the only problem. We need like a ski lift or something or, you no, know, or tra- you, you need a bus with need artwork a bus. <laughs> on it. Okay. <laughs> with artwork. There you go. The art bus. All right. Well, that's, that's next. That's, that's, uh, ghost of Fe- Christmas future. Let's talk ghost of Christmas present right now. Um, Liz, I'll just, I'll start with you. I, I brought you on a few weeks ago because, um, you're kind of spearheading this project to preserve the Pershing mural, which is, is the the buildings coming down. Um, and you and I talked last time about sort of the plan, the fundraising needs, the idea to bring it out to the Lancaster Event Center. I guess let's just start. Give me the update since last time that we talked on this effort. I know fundraising right now is the, is the main focus, and there's kind of a clock on this thing.
2: Well, there is a clock. Um, we have raised almost a half a million dollars okay. thus far. And uh, those donations, we have gotten t- 266 donations from our grassroots fundraising effort. And then we've also had uh, foundations that have chipped into uh, to this effort, which we greatly appreciate. Um, we have a half a million dollars left to raise. And the city has extended our deadline, which we're very appreciative of, to, uh, to May 20th. At that time, we have to prove that we have that $1 million in hand and have the paperwork done and ready to go so our uh, construction person can start taking down the mural uh, during the summer. This Pershing is due to be demolished next fall, and they have to begin the remediation process, which means roping off the building. And taking out the asbestos first before they take the building down. So that, because it's taken a little bit more time for the city to kind of figure out what's going to go into Pershing and get all that done. Mm -hmm. We we have luckily been given a little bit more time because it takes a while to get the word out. Right. So right, uh, yeah. One appearance on my show every
0: three weeks doesn't necessarily do it, but we're we're getting there. And it looks like you've got so now you got month and change to get another five hundred ish thousand dollars. Correct. Now, Roger, you're you're uh, you're helping out with this. Tell me why why you're a part of this and why you want to be a part of it.
6: Well, uh, originally born and raised around tecumseh my wife and I both, and we remember very distinctly during our high school days coming up to events. And two things about Lincoln we remember. As as teenagers, the Capitol and the Pershing Auditorium, the mural, if you will. Yeah. And the issue here is that if something isn't done, it's going in the trash can. Right. So I think it's one of those iconic things that Lincoln needs to save.
0: Yeah, it, it's interesting to hear you say that because I very much remember it. But I, I even think you know, for for other generations, it's a primary association. With the city of Lincoln, yes. on par with, with the capital for you, it sounds yes, like. that's right. Yeah. Um, so, um, I guess, Roger, I'll, I'll ask you this, too. Tell me kind of what, what how you've been involved in this and what the update from from your side of it. I, I know there's been some work um, in, in kind of figuring out how to do all the logistics of the donations as well.
6: That's correct. Probably the major thing I've done, and Liz has done the majority, vast majority of the work and the fast-stepping and all that so far, has been to connect her with the state, Nebraska State Historical Foundation. And Leslie Fadig there, the executive director, has done a terrific job to organize the basically receiving the funding aspect. And there's, there's a little bit of complication to that always when you set something up. So the sure. address and the website and stuff is all set up at the Nebraska State, the State Historical Society Foundation. Sometimes people will confuse that with history, Nebraska. Yes. Two different things, so it's the foundation. And so Leslie's been working to to do that collection effort, okay, so that's the major thing I feel uh grateful for was the fact that I was able to connect them, and they're really working together
0: well and I'm on the page right now it's nshsf.org, dot org and then you can go to the top under the projects you can mm-hmm. pull down the pershing mural project and if you want, you can make a donation right there. I don't see the button for the three full three million uh, I think you can fill that in in other amount liz if if you need to do that though I just I,
2: they, we would be most grateful.
0: Be great. I mean, I get some really good credit card miles for that. I mean,
6: <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> <get that done. laughs> yeah, one point on the three million, though.
6: The key is that first million, because
0: right? Because if we don't get it down, yes, that's the focus now. Yeah, the other two million are irrelevant. That's that's exactly that's exactly right. Um, I I also know Liz. You went in front of the city council, and this is kind of how this has evolved since last time that we talked. And you've got another uh, kind of partner in this whole thing in in Joel Sartori as well. And he was in front of the city council, and I think that probably did a lot to. Help the city kind of understand the momentum behind this.
2: Well, Joel Sartori wrote an editorial for us, uh, for the Lincoln Journal-Star, and the Lincoln Journal-Star has been amazingly supportive of this effort. I will uh, I will thank them from the bottom of my heart. Yes, Joel wrote uh, an editorial called Saving Lincoln's Picasso, and he went with me in front of the city council and had a visual behind me, which was... 10 feet long of the mural and what, uh, three feet tall. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to me how long you can talk about something, but not everybody is focused on the same effort because everybody has their own efforts. But we talk about progress. Well, progress to take something historical down and put it, uh, in the garbage, to me, is not progress. I think that the Pershing mural is part of our cultural history. And I was talking to an elderly woman yesterday who wanted to donate to the mural, and she said, "You know, it's interesting to me, Liz, that people go to Europe to see art and architecture, and in our own country, we're taking those things down." Mm. And I just, it just really. Touch my heart because it's true. Yeah. What is progress? And uh, so, maintaining a part of our iconic history, which is a beautiful piece of art, uh, I think is important. And that's why we continue this effort. We have one more month and we will all work as hard as we can to get this done. Yeah.
6: yeah and I think one thing, if you, when you saw in the paper the other day, you know, we all remember seeing it but not really looking at it. Mm -hmm. And when you step back and really examine it, there's a lot of special things in there about Nebraska. And so when it comes down to eye level in the future, it's going to be fantastic. People are going to want to walk up and study it.
0: Yeah, that and Liz and I we talked about that last time. And that the plan, for those who don't know, would be for the Lancaster Event Center to house this outdoors, kind of an amphitheater space. In fact, Liz, you had a you had an article in the Neighborhood Extra that showed some of the visual renderings of of what this would look like. Roger, tell me about you know your thoughts on that plan, and I guess also where the event center is. The event center full go on this now.
6: They are. They've Mm -hmm. been very cooperative all along. Uh, They've got a great spot for it where it'll be in an area where people going to the event center can see it. Uh, Driving down 84th, you'll be able to see it, bring back memories as Mm -hmm. you're coming back into town. Uh, And then you'll be able to do small events uh, around it. If you want to do receptions or have a photographic moment, it'll be set up like that. So it'll really be special to be out there for people to really gather around and see.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, it's kind of neat, too, because that event center area has become, you know, it's not the same thing as Pershing, but it's become sort of the Mm -hmm. new, you know, the new area. We're doing all sorts of activity. That's been a really good thing, I think, for the city and for the county as well. And to have that out there to to represent those things would be would be great. Well, Liz, this is more managed. It feels more manageable now than last time that we talked. Right. Because we were talking like. I mean, we didn't know exact deadlines then, and it sounded like, "Oh man, three million in a month." But now we're talking five thousand in another, or five hundred thousand, I should say, in in another six ish weeks. So,
2: well, and I I totally agree because sometimes you have to keep put, putting that word out there for individuals to go, "Okay, okay, I understand what's going on," and then the city support by offering us additional time, even though it's not a lot, it's something. And the city is working with all kinds of, juggling all kinds of logistics as well. So we do appreciate that extra time, appreciate the Nebraska State Historical Society Foundation and the Lancaster Event Center, because all of those components are important in strengthening this Herculean effort to raise a lot of money in a short period of time. Mm.
0: Liz Shea McCoy, Roger Lemke talking to me about the Pershing mural. So, I mean, j- again, just so I understand, if you get to the million by um, by the end of May, the thing starts coming down? Correct. You, the, so the, the the wheels are officially getting in motion just if you get to that waypoint, Correct. as I understand it.
2: The mural will be able to be removed from the front of Pershing. Once we raise that first million, uh, our contractor can take down the mural store it start the preservation effort and then that allows us enough time to work within the foundation's schedule because each foundation has a different schedule when they will be able to allow us to or uh make that kind of a donation right it might
0: work better later and and i guess the other thing is it it gives some real viability some more real world viability to this if there's somebody saying well you know i don't know if i want to donate it looks like they have so far to go that's not quite what it feels like anymore, and so people who are on the fence hopefully will say, all right, this is actually going to happen, and I can make it happen.
6: Correct. Right, and I think people need to understand, there is no plan B. Yeah. I mean, if it doesn't, if we don't take it off, it's gone. Yeah. So that's the only option we really have going forward right now is to raise the rest of this money and get it off that wall.
0: Yeah. I would encourage, I'm I'm just looking at the, the website now, and it's flashing some up-close pictures of the mural, um, part of the donation page, and- like you, like you were saying, Roger, looking at it up close is a completely different perspective than we've had for decades walking into that building with your, your head up. I mean, just the detail in these close up pictures on the website and the things I don't necessarily even remember seeing on it. You can see here that'll be exacerbated in a good way. If this actually happens out there at, at the event center. Oh,
6: absolutely. I think people will be amazed. It'll be one of those things that you'll go to again and again and again to look at new little things yeah. on it.
0: And, and then Liz, just, just, uh, tell, tell for people who don't maybe recall or didn't hear our previous conversation. What are your, your kind of, I know you, you are very, very passionate about public art in these places, but how do you envision sort of what this uh, location at the event center would be like, what it would be used for?
2: Well, as an art educator myself, I think other te- that teachers will bring their classes to uh, the event center and the mural, and there's going to be a plaza in front of it with seating, so educators can study the mural and use it for a springboard for the visual arts, performing arts, and creative writing. Because when students look at that piece of art, it's rich with storytelling mm-hmm. and art. And any kind of uh, any artist, and uh, I'm an artist myself, could look at that for inspiration. And to me, the I, I think it's important to say the two artists that created the mural, Leonard Thiessen and Bill Hammond, are both represented in the, in Mona in Kearney, the Nebraska Museum of Art, mm-hmm. and. Those two artists are very respected. In fact, they are considered the artists of that time. Wow. So I think that when individuals realize that this is part of art history, Nebraska's art history, that that even makes it more important to uh, save this mural for future Nebraskans to really honor and appreciate Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I'm on record. I I want this to succeed. I want my kids to be able to go uh, do this. I want the memories that go along with it. So I'm really glad we got people in our community like the two of you who are willing to put the time, resources, effort into doing this. I'll just repeat for people one more time. NSHSF.org. If you want to make a donation there. If you or just shoot me a message, I'll get you in contact with Liz and we will we'll really get this thing fired up. We'll go directly to it. Thank you. Good to talk to you again, Liz. Great to see you, Roger. You bet. All right. Very good to see you too. There you go. It's 724. We'll take a break We've got sports coming up next on KLIN. Home and away. Got it! Now streaming live on the K L I N app and at KLIN.com. 738 Alan today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Glad to have you back with us on this Monday morning, April 18th, 2022. Outside. Outside Th- 34 degrees in the capital city, and it is time to count them down, Mark Fail. Vale. The- I'm not <laughs> Mark's behind Caleb's off today. Mark's behind the board. It's yeah, like getting I- on a bike, they say. <laughs> the
1: the first word that comes to mind is bull. <laughs> And we'll leave the second word.
0: <laughs> uh, but uh, no, it's great. It's great to have Mark. We did this for a long time back. We did back in the day. So it's good to have Mark back I think in it the 2017. Uh, Wasn't stu- I can't remember anymore. I don't. I don't remember but, years. But, or... Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little rusty. No, you're doing a great job, and we're glad. No, to, it's glad to be in the same with <laughs> the same room with you once again. Well, we'll let you read the morning drive. So let's get things started on the morning drive with.
1: Number five, millions of, Amer- of Americans, uh, including uh, one Jack Mitchell, wait until the last-minute file their right. taxes. This year is no exception. This wouldn't be an issue. If we had the fair tax. But today is tax day, federal deadline for individual tax filing and payments. The IRS will get tens of millions of last-minute filings, both electronically and on paper. Uh, as of April 8th, the IRS received more than 103 million returns and has sent more than 63 million refunds. Worth two hundred four, with a bill a billion billion, billion. dollars. Yeah. However, many people get the refunds this year before they get refunds from last year because they're that far behind. Wow. Uh, twenty twenty. And
0: people waited to July to do it. So yeah. that's uh that's something. And then you know the things you had to add in this year that you got you know, the the child tax credit payment. See, all that stuff is. It is kind of offset this year with with uh, in you know previous stimulus payments that that have gone in and, and all of those things as well. And so I don't know why I do this. I don't know why I wait till the last you, minute. I think it's cuz I just hate doing it. Do you but. use a software program? Yeah. Uh w- one of the online programs or yeah. one that
1: you've downloaded
0: bought? Well, uh I I bought it. Yeah, yeah. not on the website I actually yeah, buy, the you software. buy the software. Yeah, or I download yeah. the software and pay yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah, which is a little more um uh, Robust
1: than some of the free online. yeah
0: no, i I do that, and I it, you know it's always I set aside a weekend night and I tell myself,, hey, this is the night. I lay out everything on the floor, put you know here's the here's the real estate stuff, here's the contributions here's the retirement funds, here's the bank account, those sorts of things, get myself a cold beverage, and then i I knock the whole thing out of one night, and then every time i 'm clicking clicking through i 'm putting in amounts and i 'm watching that little number on the top left side, and i 'm like, go down go down, it just went up $2,500. No, it's the worst slot machine ever. <laughs> I it really you, is. I hate to tell you this. This is a
1: reverse slot machine yeah. because it's sucking it out of your pocket. It is the
0: exact same thing. You're like, all right, let it ride. Boom. Well, that's not good. Although, I will say this. I will say this uh, because I believe it's probably because of the property tax credits that they put into the state. Right, right. The state law. 'm getting money back i 'm getting money from the state this year really yeah i don't wow i don 't know don 't audit me, but i think <laughs> it 's not that much i mean don 't worry it's it's not that much but that that was uh that was kind of nice but yeah you're going to find me. Uh, you're gonna find me sending in my uh, taxes here at the last minute and making sure that postage is right and sending a, uh, b- b- an envelope to Ogden, Utah today, like many other people will be doing. I, I,
1: you know, I haven't seen whether the post office is going to be open late hours or not today.
0: I'll do it over the line. I'll do. I'm going to try and figure out wherever I can get. Find the shortest line at that little kiosk where they put the uh, absurdly. They print out the absurdly large uh, postage. Have you ever noticed? Have you ever used those things? Yes. Why do they not have the small version as the default? They they have a, just an absurdly large thing that you're supposed to put for the postage on. I, I, I don't I think
1: it's because their electronic scanning for sorting does better on the larger barcodes that are
0: on there. I mean, I guess it works for a box, but beyond that, anything in an envelope, it takes up I mean, it covers up the address it's so giant. Come on. Come on USPS, let's go.
1: Number four. Well, there's a new poll out. Uh, It happens to be from one of the uh, three leading candidates for the Republican nomination for governor, but it came out. Nebraska Examiner and uh, Aaron uh, Sanderford reporting on it. This, I believe, came from the Lindstrom campaign. Yes, yeah. And... uh, Pretty tight race at the top, and not necessarily who you would expect to be tied up at the top. Yeah,
0: so uh, I I saw this before the show, and it it according to this poll. So take it with a grain of salt if you want. It's From the the Lindstr- or the Lindstrom campaign commissioned it, or however that works, but they did release it for obvious reasons because it shows Lindstrom at the top with Pillen, basically in a dead heat, and Herbster now behind those two. Yeah, which flip flops the one that was out there. A month a ago, month ago and, in March, where you had Pillen in the lead, uh, no, uh, no Herbster Herb- in the lead. I'm sorry, and then and then Pillen and right. and Lindstrom essentially now, in a dead heat compared to last month.
1: Lindstrom is up seven percent in this uh, poll, Herbster is down seven percent. So he went from one to three. So, but a virtual tie, as you mentioned. I think it's twenty 27%, seven percent,
0: twenty seven ish, and then what? What twenty three? Twenty three, four points behind for. Uh, for Herbster, and then I believe uh, Teresa Thibodeau actually increased her her numbers from three percent to six percent in this poll. But again, you know it's five hundred people who are, who are surveyed on this thing. You know, it'd be interesting, and maybe you don't have you don't have like the newspaper doing a scientific poll on this or something. I, didn't, I feel like that used to happen, but I don't I don't think it does anymore. We can put it up as our question of the day this week. Maybe it's time to take the temperature once again in a admittedly non-scientific way, but take the temperature of our listeners who are going to vote in the Republican primary. Yeah.
1: The one thing that I do remember you, uh, when we talked about it earlier, is that the uh, still a lot of undecided. And this was, as you mentioned, 500 uh, likely GOP voters, but 12% still undecided in this poll.
0: Yeah, which, uh, that, again, that's huge. That's why I I said, I, I wasn't c- quite so quickly to, d- to say, The Herbster stuff wasn't going to have an impact. A lot of people said to me, well, Jack, you you got to realize his his supporters aren't going to care one way or the other about this. But the thing is, there's a lot of possible supporters still out there that aren't super loyal to any of these candidates, but might vote for any of those candidates. And that's huge. That's huge
1: in a race like this. And this poll was taken prior to the story of last last
0: week. Right. That doesn't even include that in, in this whole thing. So... You know who knows? I, I you know I hesitate to go too far all in on 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 well, these polls. The but, polls are notoriously bad. Yeah, um, but it it does. Con- you know, if if Lindstrom is kind of surging right now, if that is actually the case, and you can see why it why it would kind of happen, I think that's probably been the plan: is kind of lie in wait, let these perceived top two at the beginning really go at each other really go at each other stay out of the fray a little bit it's a little reminiscent i was just talking to somebody about this it's a little reminiscent of the senate race uh between uh let's see i'm trying to remember who all was the one that fisher won right uh that that bruning was in um and um let's see and it was uh the the former attorney general was stenberg was in that as well yeah stenberg bruning and yeah and and then you had deb fisher who was kind of seen the entire time as maybe the the third party in in that whole thing or the third most likely winner and then all this now she got a late sarah palin endorsement if you don't recall in that like a few days before it um a few days before it and that helped her now i don't know if there's a sarah palin out there for Brett lindstrom but i can see some parallels in in that whole thing as well because that thing got really that thing got really intense. So Intense
1: and very close to the primary.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, days. Now, mail-in voting wasn't as much of a thing then as it is now. Now, I'm not sure how many... Because people could have already cast their vote. They could have cast well, their vote before the Herbster thing happened. That's true. Uh, that's the other thing. But, so we'll get more into that discussion with uh, Tim Herza coming up at 810, but we are three weeks and one day away from primary election day. Still three weeks. Still 22 days. Wow. 22 days. It has, I mean, I will say it has been an honor to do a couple of minutes of a radio show between all the campaign ads. <laughs> I'm glad you spend I'm glad you spend your time between your gubernatorial. You can spend them a lot of places, but you choose to spend them with me, and I appreciate that.
1: Number three. You're down eight to one. Coming off a 17 win streak, you're down eight to one, and then kaboom, as
0: Baylor would say. Yeah. As uh, I I reported in sports, Nebraska softball is at a ridiculously good in a ridiculously good place right now. And even they don't hang on to that that game. You're like, all right, you got to cool down at some point. How could you not think that at that point you're down eight to one? It's a Sunday. It's it's getaway day. You're going on the road after that. You're still looking really good. Kind of crappy the Big weather. The weather. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to be out there. Nebraska then. Responds at that point. Uh, they cut the deficit to four. They get three runs in the bottom of third, tie it up in the bottom of the fifth, and then they add three more for the final total of eleven to eight. Ten runs in a row. Eighteen wins in a row. Unbeaten in the Big Ten. Thirty-three and nine overall. I assume. They will be ranked this week. They were just on the outskirts. There are several college softball polls, but I'm assuming they're going to be in the rankings now after this is all over. And don't look now, but this, this uh, college softball season is winding down pretty quickly. You got a road series at Wisconsin. Okay. That's Friday, this Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You got a road series at Ohio State the following Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then you come home for fan appreciation weekend and senior weekend against Indiana. I'm going to make a prediction. Nice weather there. On that day, if you get nice weather there, which finally we should be having by May 6th, 7th, and 8th, you're going to set attendance records at Bowling Stadium. is that Mother's Day weekend? For that final series. Is that right, or is that the week after? Six, that, May 8th? Uh, it's probably the weekend. Yeah, I think, think so. The, and then you got the Big Ten tournament, which this year is in East Lansing, Michigan. But Nebraska is angling for that top seed overall right now well, in the Big Ten tournament.
1: I, I, I would say this, as, and I'm not a big aficionado of uh, college sports, in the, but if they're not ranked after this, yeah. Those those college polls are
0: all fake news. Right, exactly. I mean, I mean, we saw this with the basketball, women's basketball team already this year. Uh, but the, the women's teams continue at the University of Nebraska to just to light it up. And they've done a great is, job.
1: It, isn't there some spring volleyball coming up soon?
0: Yeah, we've got a, a match on Saturday late afternoon, I believe, in Grand Island. It sold out in about 45 seconds. So.
2: <laughs>
1: Number two. U.S. Food and Drug Administration investigating Lucky Charms after dozens of customers complained about getting sick after eating Lucky Charms. Uh, FDA says 100 complaints. Several hundred people have posted on a food safety website, iwaspoisoned.com. They complain of diarrhea and vomiting after eating Lucky Charms. Now, General Mills said it takes the report seriously. However, according to NPR, the company said its own investigation hasn't found anything. So, So what is it then?
0: And there's a site called (laughs) IWasPoison.com. News to me. I did did not know that. And as I said earlier in the show, I mean, those marshmallows, and and don't get me wrong, I've eaten a lot of them, but those marshmallows have always been very suspect. Always been very suspect. What, what
1: I'm wondering is if this was in a particular region or whether this is nationwide. There wasn't a lot of
0: detail in this report. I'm not sure, but I could still put down a lot of Lucky Charms. It's in my top, I would put it in my top five. Maybe this needs to be a Tuesday top five. Now it's, I think it would make the top five. D- sorry, but nothing's beaten Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Absolutely nothing's beaten Cinnamon Toast Crunch. The Captain Crunches are, ca- excuse me, Captain Crunches. Gotta get his title right. Would probably be up there. That's something you've got to figure in as well. I'm always kind of a am a life guy, cinnamon life. That's probably yeah, kind of a cinnamon life guy. Nobody likes it, Mikey. Mikey, (laughs) But very little milk. I am a give me give me very. I need just a bit because that stuff will sog up out of nowhere. I miss my cereal days. I used to I used to hammer cereal every single morning. Read the entire sports page. I miss that morning routine. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like being with you guys, but I suppose I could just get up a half hour earlier and still do it. But nonetheless,
1: number one. Well, last week uh, we got uh, or two weeks ago, maybe it was uh, Apple released a new uh, iOS, fifteen point four. There's a bunch of new emojis that came with. I that.
0: So I got my. I did the update, and it said new emojis, but I haven't In- bothered to look through and see what they including are,
1: including the pregnant man.
0: Finally. How many times am I trying, and I think we can all agree to this, how many times are we trying to refer to um, a, a, a pregnant male and, you know, there's if you just wish you could do it in a picture, right? You know, you want to tell you know, men like me, you want to tell folks that you may be, are you sure it's not just uh, overweight, man? No. <laughs> I mean, how can you tell?
1: And and, and there's two different shirts.
0: Do you have it up over there? Yeah, right there. See Which one is it? It's
1: just a dude. It looks like... That one and that one. They're officially labeled as the pregnant man.
0: (laughs) That's going to be... Like many other emojis, uh, that is going to take on a different meaning than... I don't know exactly what it was intended for, but I mean, if you... I'm talking about the eggplant and the peach and the, you know, all the other... The different things. I've got a feeling that, that I, d- may I do end up.
1: like some of the new shaking hands. Yeah, they're they're pretty good.
0: <laughs> really do. All right, I will. Uh, I'll check those out. Any other new ones I need to be aware of that I might end up using? You've got a finger pointing ahead. Ooh, we've got some female lips, kind of biting the side of it. Ooh, that's provocative. That's very uh, nice. It yeah, looks like we've
1: got some beans. Some beans. Finally, uh, finally, and, and finally. a, a light preserver, which we probably need. An to
0: empty have. jar been looking for that one Whew, how many times
1: right and a battery half you know almost totally depleted okay okay and a crutch
0: all right good stuff and an x-ray we're getting close to not having to use words and text at all anymore what a day that'll be uh 54 we'll take a break it is Alan k today with jack and friends on klin
4: you
5: start walking my way.
0: All right, welcome back. Helen K. today with Jack and Friends on and That music means only one thing. It is time to talk to Tim Maruza about what is going on in this city and this state. Good morning, Tim. How are you doing today? How was Easter?
5: So I, uh,
4: I'm doing well. Easter was great. Um, I don't know about what's going on in the rest of the city, but I've got a one-year-old and a three-year-old who are fighting over the magnets right now. So I think it's a little... This and is also g- Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog playing in the background on the television. It is, it is a no daycare Monday.
0: Uh, this interview is going to be an adventure, and I am here for it, as the kids say. Uh, well, uh, well, very good. <laughs> that, that, that's good. Uh, you know, and it, it it provides a nice sort of uh, a nice sort of transition to another uh, kind of a fight over a magnet we have going in some ways, you might say, in the Nebraska gubernatorial GOP primary. <laughs> so, uh, man, Tim, what a week last week with this whole thing. How much do you think um uh, this this race has completely changed, if at all, after what, what happened last week with the reports on Herbster?
5: Well,
4: you know, uh leaving the specifics of the allegations and kind of the details aside for just a moment, what I would say, Jack, is that for the first time in, you know, a couple of months even, um, it feels like it feels like a different race, right? It feels like there's some things. It's shaking things up, right? Um, to the point where I felt like, and I've told I've told anybody who's asked me off the record, sort of like I had felt like this thing was pretty much sealed, and you know, Herbster was out in the lead. Um, you know, there's some some interesting storylines with you know Brett Lindstrom's polling numbers coming up and kind of where you know killing not participating in debate and kind of how he was setting up his race and that's all kind of inside baseball interesting stuff but it kind of felt like the thing was you know sort of over they, they you had a front runner there wasn't really a, a lot of opportunity for others to catch up i feel like that's been thrown completely um up in the air as of this last week and part of it is i mean obviously the <laughs> getting to the details of the allegations, they're very serious, right? Mm-hmm. And so the real question is, do you, do you believe him or do you believe her? And uh, how does that change your opinion in terms of who you're voting for? And does it affect kind of the voters who have made up their minds? And for those who are undecided, where do they look, right? If they're if they're not going to look at Herbster and they're going to look at somebody else. So <laughs> I, for the first time in weeks or even a couple of months, things look different. And
0: yes, the Mag <laughs> magnets have frustrated us. Yeah, you, you need to press the eject button. You can le- you can let me know that's um that that's fine Tim Haruza joining us along with his children right now who uh, are being entertained by well, I don't know if entertained is the word but uh they're they're dealing with magnets <laughs> right now. Um yeah, yeah, it's interesting Tim just in terms of and, and you set it up really well because this is what it is now at this point. I mean, this is he said, she said, and it's not like there's either of them are allowing for any sort of like gray area. There might have been a misinterpretation. Oh, I I think I remember it a little differently. I do, you know, the, that kind of thing. Sometimes that'll come up. It is both. It is all or nothing in this thing, right? Herbster saying unequivocally, no, never happened. Um, and, and Slama and, and the other unidentified people are are, you know, saying with specificity, what happened exactly and so like somebody i mean i hate to put it too bluntly but it's true one of these people is really lying for political gain right now i mean bold lying for political gain at this point and it's kind of up to the voters to decide who they believe at this point or decide if they care. now the one thing that a lot of people said to me tim after when we were talking about the impact of this was well it's not going to be a big deal because herbster voters are largely herbster voters because they support trump and they supported Trump through a lot of, you know, similar type situations. How comparable is this situation to that from a sort of a potential voter situation? Or are there other things that are in play here compared to what we were talking about in 2016?
4: That's a hard question to answer. Like, um, I think a lot of people that follow things and who have talked about it, people I've talked to kind of are, are back and forth or disagree on what that means. Right. So. um you know, a lot of folks say, look, Trump went through similar allegations and he was still elected. You look at, I mean, is invoking the Kavanaugh hearings, right, as an example and kind of where that went. Um, so it's not, I, I think there are a lot of people who kind of wonder whether or not it'll be the same similar sort of a situation. But here's the thing, too. Charles W. Herbster is not Donald Trump, right? It's, the Governor of Nebraska is a very high office. It's not the United States Supreme Court position. Um, will voters sort of apply the same look? I don't know. Or, what, you know, whatever folks went through as they made those decisions before. Um, it's not. I mean, they're not voting for Donald Trump at this point. They're voting for Charles Herbster. So whether or not kind of they give him as much leeway, I think, as voters gave Donald Trump is another is a whole different situation, I right? um, or a different conversation we have, and, and look here's the other thing too, Jack. This is Nebraska, right? Like, like we we want a governor who is kind of we want a very serious governor. We want somebody who's respectable. We want somebody. Uh, I think Nebraskans kind of look look toward that office with some sort of reverence, um, and I I think people are going to take that into account when they, they cast their ballot too. So. Uh, the, the real question now is what the campaigns do over the next several yeah. weeks in this situation, right? Yeah. Do they sort of do they take advantage of it, right? Do the do the two the other two Republicans, or three I guess, with Teresa Cebalvo in there too? Um, do they they use it to their advantage somehow? I mean, I know that's terrible to talk like that, right? Cause right. No, but you wonder you, you, actual you, victims too. But like, how do you take advantage of it? And here's the other deal. Like I said, Jack, if people decide that the if people who were going to vote for Herbster before now choose to decide to say that he's not the guy who did or that were undecided and were like, look, now he's never getting my vote. How do you get them to vote for you instead of him? Or like how do you pick up those voters that change? And that's that's the real question over the next three weeks. Like I said, it kinda of tossed things in a, in the air in a way that I didn't didn't know was going to happen. Um didn't, didn't know if something like this was out there. But It's the other thing, and I know the reporter uh, who covered the story mentioned it in his kind of response statement on the timing issue. There have been rumors about something, right? That there was a big hit piece, or there was a drop that was coming, or some huge allegations that just never came to fruition until now. So um, it's kind of like there's a lot of timing questions. I know I've seen those out there, but at the end of the day, the fact the fact that voters have a few weeks here to kind of decide what this means for them. Um, really changes the dynamics of the race. And and here, let me say this, too, because we've talked about it from a from a very, like, I don't know, breakdown sort of political thing. I will say this, for every one of those victims and every one of those women that came forward and alleged, and especially for Senator Slama, who's, who's really put herself out there, I listened to her. For her to go on the radio last week um, and do that spot with Ian Swanson was... That took a lot of guts, man. <laughs> that is not That cannot be an easy position to put yourself in to go out there on the radio. And I just, for all of them that, that have come forward and for Senator Salamo, like, you know, um, I just want to say that I, I respect, I respect them for having the courage to, to speak out. Cause that's, that's an impossible position to be put in. So.
0: What do you see the likelihood now that we go into election night where you, you conceivably see scenarios where any of three candidates, are like like you go in and it's wide open between three candidates almost akin to the Senate race back with uh with with Bruning and Deb Fischer and um uh and 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 who? Uh, and and the, uh, the, uh, and yeah, Stenberg uh, on this. Um I I mean, how how likely do you think you're going to get into it where it's wide open the day of the election? That's an
4: interesting question too because I think and I don't know the numbers from that the, those that year as well as I probably should I'm in terms them up. of the use the use of mail in ballots. I think yeah. Probably yeah,
0: probably wasn't as much then. It probably wasn't as much then. I'm going to guess.
4: Right. I I mean, it, COVID. Say what you will. COVID threw things in a in a lurch in terms of people getting used to voting by mail. Um, are more comfortable with it. I know we still have the political dynamics of do we trust mail ballots and all that stuff and some some corners of conservative politics that are still questioning that sort of thing. But what I'll tell you is I've, I've seen local numbers. I mean, as many as 40% of Republicans in Douglas County, Omaha area, requested ballots for mail. I mean, mine, I filled mine out already and sent it in last week. So um, people are already voting in larger numbers than I think we've probably historically seen. So I think that, I think that, you know, to an open election night type situation and nobody knowing who knows. Um, but people have the next three weeks to chase mail ballots and get their message out. Um, you're already seeing hit ads, right, that are flowing out of this uh, kind of shake up. Killen's taking some hits now in ways that he really hadn't before, not direct hits. Herpster had been getting hit. Um, Lindstrom's got some hit ads out there on him that are, he's getting hit a little bit for his record. So expect more of that stuff to try to get those ballots, to chase those ballots that are out, get people to kind of think top of mind. Then, Yeah, I think the mail-in ballot thing just kind of changes it a lot more than than the vote. But you're still going to, I mean, even if 40% of Republicans requested ballots, 43%, I don't remember what the number was in Douglas County. um, You still got half the voter base that can vote on election day. So um, I don't know. It's hard telling. I, I, I have no idea what to think right now. If you were to ask me, you asked me a week ago, Jack, and I think you and I probably talked about this on the air. I put all my money on, On on the Herbster spot. Right. And I don't know if, I don't know if I can do that now. Here's the other thing too. I mean, Donald Trump Jr. is one thing. President Trump may or may not come. Right? But if, if he comes too, what what does that do to the rest of this race? Right? Um, is that good for Herpster at this point? Is it bad for Herpster?
0: Uh That's a that's, a that's a good question. And the earned media, all the earned media you Trump expected to get from Trump Jr. got blown up the next day.
4: <laughs> right. I mean, well, and what would what would President Trump say? Right? Like, I mean, he's. <laughs> he's dealt with these sort of things. Boy, well, you'll remember too. And I, I kind of forgot this happened in 2015. But his response to some of those allegations was brought out the Clinton accusers, right? Yeah. <laughs> sat at a table at a press conference with them. Um, I just, I don't know, man. It's uh, who knows where this thing could go. But it does seem clear that 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 it's it's a fight now, right? Herbster's not backing down. He's he's fighting. Yeah.
0: So absolutely all right well uh we've got a few more weeks to talk about this look forward to it tim uh maybe we'll jump into these uh county commissioners race here next week too because that's firing up big time locally definitely winning the yard sign war between all the races from what i've seen
4: all right i'm getting i'm getting more postcards and mailings for a local county race than i ever thought I'd. Yeah. yeah
0: exactly exactly all right hey get back to refereeing the kids and the magnet all right
4: yeah, Fruit Loops everywhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, have oh, a good one. There's Tim for the day. There's uh, Tim doing dad duty today. <laughs> that, was, that was entertaining. Say twenty four. We'll take a break. It is LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Just Brittany Foster. All right, 838 LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN, and I got a chance to catch up with Pastor Tom Barber right now on the Rickstein Recognition Hotline. Pastor Tom, good morning. How are you doing today?
5: Good, Jack. Thanks very much.
0: Yeah, so I wanted to get a a check-in with you. Um, We talked last week a little bit. Uh, about the diaper drive for for ukraine that the people city mission is is kind of heading up you've had a few days into this you still have some time left tell us how it's been going so far
5: yeah i've been doing pretty good we uh, teamed up with convoy of hope which is a large uh, relief agency and they've been uh, giving the mission items over the last several years to hand out to folks here in lincoln but uh, they're providing massive amounts of aid right now to ukraine through both the warehouses in poland as well as They have some uh, warehouses in in Ukraine itself. And we just asked them what the need was. And they said, right now, they're in desperate need of diapers and baby wipes. And I said, you know, I bet Lincoln, we're a pretty generous community, we could fill a whole semi full of that. And so that's what we've been doing. Last week, we've got uh, probably about 60% of a semi full. We need about 40% more of it done. And so their semi is pulling up this Friday at our help center, which is at 6800 P Street, right behind East Park Theatres. And so we're going to try between now and Friday, see if we can't fill up the rest of the semi, and uh, and, uh, get some of these diapers and baby wipes to the uh, moms and infants in Ukraine, which uh, are really in desperate situations right now. And, you know, Jack, it's a chance for Lincoln to help thousands, literally, of babies that are really going through some pretty horrific times right now. So good thing to do. I think I looked up seventy eight bucks at Walmart for a package of diapers. It's not a whole lot of money. And if we all do a little bit, we could really make a big difference.
0: Well, yeah, and you think about it, Tom, and, and you know this obviously too from even you know just just working with with people at the mission. And you know sometimes when when things are are tough, you you have sacrifices for yourself and those sorts of things. But imagine having an infant in this situation and oh. just not having access access to the things that keep them healthy and and clean. And and I mean, what a difficult time to be a, a, a young parent, a parent of a young child at this point.
5: Just, just horrible. And you know, you can't, I know there's a lot of people in Ukraine, they can't all leave into Poland and some of these other countries. So they're stuck there and uh, their distribution system is pretty shut down for the most part. So it's hard to get a lot of items, but uh, especially for these infants, just uh, just a
0: tough moment. Yeah, absolutely. But like you said, though, I think there are a lot of people, myself included, you, you, you watch, you hear the news about what's going on there and you're like, I I would love to do something, but I don't know how. Well, this is a, this is a really straightforward, easy way, um, to, to do it. And even just as a part of your, your regular shopping and, and just reiterate again, so people can just drop them off over the, at the health center by East Park if they, if they stop by the store and, and buy a few extra today.
5: They could. They could do between now and Friday, and again, if we can fill that summer, I know it's going to make a big difference. That's our goal, so I'm encouraging folks listening, please, if you haven't yet, uh, if you buy a package of diapers and bring them to us uh we all do a little bit here. I think we can make a big difference.
0: Yeah, well, it'd be a, it'd be a great way for Lincoln to reach out to people in yeah. Ukraine right now and and uh, in other parts of of uh, Eastern Europe as well. Hey, uh, Pastor Tom, I really appreciate the time. Look forward to talking to you sure. again. We'll find out uh, if we got that thing full. Hopefully, we will have.
5: Yeah, I'll let you know next week. Thanks, Jack. Bless you. Have a good one. You
0: go, Pastor Tom Barber from the People City Mission. Eight forty two on LNK today with Jack and friends. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, it's just an easy. Not, not that you're looking for the easiest possible way, but it's a—I mean, it's a—it it doesn't take much and and make a real impact
1: there. But there's also power in the collective efforts of a community like this. I yeah. mean, you could technically, I guess, you could go buy a package of diapers, uh, wrap it up, and send it over. But when you take in and, and deliver it to, in this right. case, PCM. And get, get mean, it where it's needed. You're going to have a semi-load.
0: Right. And that, and they're, this, this group that they're partnering with is, is very experienced in getting these things overseas and, and where they need to be as well. So consider doing that. Uh, you've got until Friday, but if you, you know, especially, boy, when we used to do, when we had kids in diapers we don't anymore thank goodness but when we had when we had kids in diapers uh it was always those uh the membership stores the sam's and the costco what we were, we didn't have a whole lot of money and we were trying to find find ways to do that so if, especially if you're making a place out a trip out to one of those places yeah, and, a great thing and, to and even
1: the big box stores that uh, you don't require a membership you know like yeah. the targets and the walmarts and some of those even grocery stores
0: sometimes have them on sale yeah absolutely so uh thanks to pastor tom For coming on, just giving us a few minutes to have an update on this, I got to read this text. I got. Um, We were talking about the uh, the gubernatorial race. And, you know, it's been obviously for, for good reason, very heavy discussion, a lot of, lot of, uh, political analysis that's going on. And, uh, Brad texted me, he said, I want to see an ad where it says Billy Sims may have been down, <laughs> which quite, I do explain if, if, if you don't understand that Jim, most of, uh, uh, Jim Pillen part of his advertising pitch, um, is about, which I would do, is about his, his time as a, a Husker football player. And he made, one of the most famous Husker plays of, of all time in recovering the fumble that Billy, in 1978, Nebraska-Oklahoma, right when that rivalry was really getting after it. Billy Sims, all-time great, running back from Oklahoma, fumbles the ball in Nebraska territory, pillin, picks it up, and the place goes absolutely bonkers um, for that. Now, I haven't, I think he has the play on some of the commercials I haven't watched it closely. I don't believe he was down. Da- I don't. Just for the record, I don't believe he was down. But it's a good point by Brad. Given the uh, the dark money at this point, who knows when we've got a dark money ad that says, "Upon further review, <laughs> perhaps deep. Billy Sims was down or a deep D- fake." Is D- is Jim Pillen building his Husker football career on a bad call? <laughs> well
1: there have been plenty of them in, yeah
0: in the past. listen if it was a big i don't know the big eight rats refs were in 1978 i was only i was in diapers at that point but big 10 reps i would say very likely missed missed the call on uh on that whole thing speaking of big 10 i don't know if you guys saw this report over the weekend but big 10 i mean you talk about big money right now, and Mark, you could probably speak to this even a, a little bit as well. But the value of T V contracts in in all sports, but in college sports over the time that, that you've been in the industry is insane right now. Absolutely. Just just completely. And the Big Ten right now is um looking to they they've been looking, I'm gonna sneeze. <laughs> That's good radio. <laughs> I'm finally getting over this cold. Uh, the the Big Ten, their current deal with Fox is set to expire. And so they're looking for the next iteration. And this is going to be a payday. I mean, this is going to be in, in – this is the primary way that the conferences and the schools are making dough right now. And you go back, I mean, just a couple of decades ago, it was it was not nearly – the financial factor in, oh, in money-making yeah. for these athletic departments. Right,
1: and T- TV rights drives it all, but there's also all of the bundling that goes on with digital and in-stadium and programs yeah. and, you know, all of that, it, yep. it just it, it adds up. Now, I, I don't want to get away from this discussion, but also remember the uh, NIL and how these athletes are going to have to deal with taxes today is tax day that's true this is something brand new for a lot of these athletes and i hope they are are taking into consideration they are going to owe a significant amount of their proceeds that's
0: true if they taxes. make over that uh de minimis number it was thirteen thousand something i believe is the is that minimum number for income and a lot of them are making over that so that's there's a point. lot of six-figure people yeah. and you know yep make sure they've got their uh their accountant or they're being maybe the schools are going to will provide accountants for your uh nil well, earnings. That, that would
1: certainly be something for the school of business to
0: to get out <laughs> there in front you go of. have one of our undergrads do your taxes on your eight hundred thousand dollar income uh, but nonetheless getting, getting back to this story so big Ten's wit, get, setting up its next tv deal and there were reports this weekend from the sports business journal because there was a lot of speculation cbs might go for this cuz they're going to lose the sec their deal expires nbc has been interested they've been primarily affiliated with notre dame directly esbn obviously is interested and also you know amazon and apple are really getting into the the sports bidding wars i mean they're going to start showing nfl games exclusively on amazon next year which is which is hard to even fathom but but it sounds like according to this report that Fox is going to be the big winner in this, and so the Big Ten primary package, the lion's share of the games, and this particularly impacts football and men's basketball, are going to be uh, on Fox, which is the Big Ten network is owned by Fox, which is worth noting as well. So 11 am those prime t- those with primetime being 11 a.m, that'll probably continue where a Big Ten game of the week is at 11 a.m unless they change that that's been something that they've done now the other interesting thing about this is there are two rights packages there's a primary one and there's a secondary one because they don't have enough inventory to put all of the games on television that they would like to and so they the the big Ten and fox their coo mark silverman um gonna sit down with kevin warren and decides who decide who gets the rest of the big ten media rights. And you'll still have ESPN, CBS, NBC, probably Turner, Amazon, Apple are all going to be putting out pitches for I, the rest of this bundle
1: it would seem like that secondary tier if you if that's the way you, you, you can refer to it would be on on the amazons and the apples they, on their list of possibilities more, yeah. than, more than it would be another telecast type or cable network
0: uh, you you make a, an interesting point there and so i'm just readying people right now because i know there there are some people who uh, don't have an who stay with the cable or maybe you're, you're you've got subscription fatigue for all of these things there is absolutely a scenario there where an, a streaming only service an an amazon or an apple would be the two most likely start to be the only place that you can see some some sporting events, NFL, it's already going to happen, but that could happen with Nebraska football if they get the secondary well, it's, rights it's, with it, this whole thing. It's
1: happened a little bit in NHL with with uh, ESPN, and they've, uh, you know, right. So I mean, it's it's not unknown to the sports world.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, by the way, they're talking. You know, the 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 industry numbers are that they think that this might be the total package of rights. They believe that this could be. The first deal that goes in college sports that goes over a billion
1: dollars. I heard one where they, they said total college sports rights and, and oops, That's this is the big picture, including all the secondary and, and third rate sports could be over a hundred billion in the near future.
0: So the current the current annual fees, if you combine what Fox and ESPN have now for the Big Ten, is four hundred forty million. This similar duration, similar uh, inventory of, of game availability, that will, according to, to insiders in the industry, they think it'll go over a billion. So it will be worth over double the amount. That's, uh, be, that's how crazy the bidding war it, it, is for these games right now. Just because there's just there's not that much value in live TV anymore. Right. There are only certain things you, you can...
1: But what else do they get out of it besides just the telecast rates? That's the part that we... St- we's, don't know a lot of the details right i mean they they can get a lot of uh of bundling from the 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 franchise or or from the the schools themselves you know with logos in the stadium and and jumbotron and and i mean there's a
0: lot of horse trading that goes but i mean imagine that so i mean so take 440 million and divide that you know 14 ways and then double that up for this next contract and the amount of revenue that is going to be coming into the all of the Big 10 schools m- when we talk about the, re- the major revenue streams here this is uh this is a huge one if the numbers are anywhere close to where industry inside and they didn't disclose the terms of the Fox deal but they you know the belief is a billion dollars overall you are going to see a huge new revenue stream coming into these schools and you talk about the rich getting richer in in college sports you would talk about why financially nebraska decided to make the move to the big 10 sure the big 12 will have a nice tv contract too but this is big time money (laughs) big time i mean a billion divided by 14 a billion plus divided by 14 over the life of the contract it's um it's incredibly significant and it's in part because well when you've got suitors you've got suitor every tv network every major streaming service is a suitor at this thing and Demand is high for this, like I said, because what do we watch? What do you watch live on TV anymore? Um, what, local what you, news and weather. Local news, local news, weather, national news, perhaps, and sports. Yeah. Uh, for a lot of people, that's it. That For a lot of people, that is it. And otherwise, you can, you know, you're buying commercial time in, in, um, Say Better Call Saul starts tonight. You're buying commercial time on AMC, Better Call Saul. Well, guess when I'm going to watch it? I'm going to watch it after it airs and boop, right, right right through the commercials. Just a note, too, anybody considering buying radio, can't fast forward through the commercials. That's right many people forget that.
1: And remember this what well, you're talking the money is just for the television rights.
0: Yes, that's the television and it's a good thing you point that out because Nebraska, University of Nebraska decided to get back in the market, didn't want to go in house anymore. It looked like they had a deal in place for all of those not only broadcast but other marketing rights. That's not happening at least as it was first reported. And so that's another that's yet another revenue yep. stream that's going to come in here. With this, so. now,
1: now you know why the 150 and 200 million dollar training facilities can be right. built.
0: So, uh, basically, a long way of saying, I want my 10 bucks back from the spring game, <laughs> or at least, a, a, at least, a, uh, just a warning from the Surgeon General that there will be no tackling on the uh, on the ticket, and,
1: and just wait till the revenue starts flowing in for alcohol in the state.
0: All right. It is eight fifty-four. You're listening to LNTA today with Jack and Friends on KLIN.